This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I need information. I thought you might be able to help. This is a My Talk Dirt Alert. Everything you need to know from the world of entertainment and pop culture at the top of every hour on My Talk 1071. Now tell us everything. everything. Well, Haley Baldwin denies that she's pregnant with her and Justin Bieber's first child. So Whose why would, child is it? it? Well, exactly. That's kind of a weird statement. Do we need Maury <laughs> to get involved with this? It, not really, but this is so basically what happened was is there was a tabloid that was going to be putting out a story that she's pregnant with her first child with Justin Bieber. So she wanted to get ahead of the game and come out and deny that fact because it's obviously not true. I'm so glad she set that record straight. <laughs> but this is this is where I thought this story was interesting. It says, um, Bieber said, I truly desire healthy relationships and I want to give up my selfish desires daily so I can be a good husband and future dad. Okay, that, that that's was, great. That wow. was his response to this. Thank you. All right, thanks, Justin. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He also added that it's up I to... I was H- concerned up until this moment. <laughs> it was also added that Haley is allowed to determine how many children they will have because it's her body. So... Okay. Maybe that was just an effort to get themselves in the news like you guys talk about. Who knows? Mm-hmm. This is a sad note here. Al Roker has shared some scary personal medical news. He's been diagnosed with prostate cancer, but he's taking aggressive steps to beat it. That you know, it's always scary when I see headlines like that, and I think of uh, what that must be like to go through personally. But what I think I know is that prostate cancer can be pretty treatable. So hopefully, 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 they were able to catch everything in time to um, keep it from uh, getting, you know, too bad. Spreading, yeah. Yep. The longtime Today host and meteorologist announced on Friday morning on air and said he's going to undergo surgery next week to have his prostate removed. This is to allow listeners to notice that he'll be gone, and he said that he'll be taking some time off for recovery. He said the good news is the situation is is that they caught it early, but it's also aggressive, so he's a little concerned about that. Well, fingers crossed for Al, because yes. occasionally we like to poke fun at good old Al Roker, but uh, he is a national treasure. Indeed. Absolutely. Now, this is a spoiler alert. If you guys watch the show Mom, if you if uh-huh. it was on last night, if any listeners want to watch it tonight... And don't want to be spoiled about how Anna Ferris's character left the show. Just turn it down for about 10 seconds because I don't want you to move too much, miss too much here. But basically last night in the episode of first episode of Mom, Anna Ferris had to somehow leave the show because they're not going to replace her character. So, Oh, yeah. Okay. I remember this story. Go ahead. Yeah. Her, this was announced a, a few months ago mm-hmm. that she was going to be leaving the show. Um, she didn't really say why as to, but they basically said that they're going to have her mom 
Um, Allison Janney drop her off at the airport because she's going to fly across the country to go to law school at Georgetown University. And the nice thing is, if you are a fan of her uh, being on the show, she's going to sneak back from time to time and give updates and do Zoom calls with her mom to tell her how she's doing in Georgetown. Oh, thank God. I thought you were going to say there was going to be like... You said she got on a plane, so I thought, you know... Oh, a plane crash? Yeah. That's funny. I actually, when I first read, when I was reading it the first time, I thought that too, and I'm like, okay, oh, good. not good. Yeah. No. You know, like Roseanne, you know, opioid yeah. epidemic, let's kind of tie that in, but Bye. a plane crash? Ah, not the right way to do it. Okay, good. Phew. <laughs> yeah. For more entertainment news, download the MyTalk app or go to MyTalk1071.com. That's great. Keep those periodic updates coming. My Talk Dirt Alerts at the top of every hour and at 820, 1220, and 520 on My Talk 2nd hour of the Colleen and Bradley show here on My Talk 1071 streaming live doing everything entertainment at mytalk1071.com. I'm Bradley. Colleen will be back on Monday. Holly's here of course as is Grant. And you guys, I'm very excited. I got a new book for you to read. Um I'm going to welcome the author of that book. His name is Chris Stedman. Uh welcome to the show today to chat about his new book. It's called IRL: Finding Realness, Meaning and Belonging. In our digital lives, it sounds like a lot of words, but trust me, um, you're going to love this book. (laughs) Chris is based in Minneapolis. He's also a professor of religion and philosophy. And if you don't follow him on Twitter, you should. Chris, welcome to the show. Hi, Chris. Hi. Thanks so much for having me. We're very excited. I've never realized how serious of a person I sound until just that introduction right now. <laughs> I know that did sound rather serious, and I'm 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 uh, excited to move beyond the series because while you are a very <laughs> serious person, and this book does have some very thoughtful, serious topics, it's also like super graspable, approachable, and um, you know, for our audience who loves to dive deep into pop culture, I think they're going to feel very at home when they pick up a copy of IRL. Um, but to that point, can you just tell people who maybe missed the memo on what IRL actually means, uh, what the, what that represents? Sure, yeah. So IRL is short for in real life, right? And we usually use that to refer to things that happen offline. So there's this kind of idea that life online is fake or less real. And then what happens offline, that's sort of real life. And the book is me trying to kind of make sense of the fact that we've got this idea that life online isn't real or is less real or the things that we do online somehow sort of aren't aren't as real as what we do elsewhere. Um, and, I, you know, I'm trying to sort of make sense of that in light of the fact that so much of our lives happen online. And especially this year when we're all in quarantine and we've had to move sort of huge pieces of our lives to the Internet. So the book is is me. Um, trying to sift through that and understand how the internet has changed what it means to be human and what we can learn from that. And um, 
I appreciate you saying it's accessible. I definitely, you know, I, I have to credit all, I, I spent a lot of time interviewing people, doing a lot of research. And I feel like, you know, I learned so much from that process. And my hope is, is just to sort of share what I learned with readers. So glad to hear that. Yeah, no, I think you definitely do that. And what's funny is, you know, on our show, we'll frequently talk about, like, it, the Internet's a dumpster fire. And mostly because we're talking about it in the context of, like, trolls mm-hmm. and, com- you know, just, like, people being ridiculous online. So it's very sort of, like, easy to, you know, sort of throw that the Internet away as, like, something, you know, it's just a dumpster fire. But you actually kind of run towards the dumpster fire and you find, <laughs> like, some, like... Like, maybe you don't put the fire out, but you, like, salvage some things from the dumpster so that... Because I really think that um, there's lessons on the Internet, even in this moment, that can help us. Or at least I think you're you're trying to, to show us that, that it can actually help us in our, yeah. quote, real lives. Well, I mean, I think if the Internet feels like a dumpster fire and if we want to sort of dismiss it as a dumpster fire, it's because, like we're uncomfortable with the fact that humanity is kind of a dumpster fire, like being (laughs) human is being a big mess. And, you know, people often refer to the internet as a kind of funhouse mirror in that it reveals certain things, but also distorts certain things. And I think that the internet gives us a chance to recognize things about ourselves that, you know, are maybe uncomfortable and to confront those things. And, you know, I talk in the book about, being on Twitter and sort of, you know, trying to square what I share on Twitter with this kind of the the professional pieces of my life, my work as um, an, as an educator, as a writer, and feeling like this tension between, you know, what I can share online, maybe my sort of more trollish moments or my interests in pop culture or whatever with these other pieces of myself. But I think the internet gives us a chance to recognize that, you know, we've always been different selves in different spaces. The person I am with my mom is kind of different from the person I am with my friends when I'm talking crap. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. It's different from the person I am right now. But it's not as if any one of those people is sort of more real than the other and and any one of them is fake. It's just that, you know, I, I have different pieces of myself. And I think online we're often made to feel like we have to be this sort of coherent self um, that's the same person for all of those audiences. And that presents a real challenge. And Mm -hmm. I think some people experience that and feel like they just need to sort of reduce themselves down to the most, um, you know, sort of safest version of themselves. But I think it also gives us a chance to do the opposite and to say, you know, we're all complex, contradictory we're all crap talkers and kind hearted people. Um, and, and, and to embrace that rather than to run away from it. And so, you know, again, I think what I'm trying to do, what I try to do in this book is give people a chance to sort of look at their own lives and ask what they can learn from the tension that they may feel between their sort of quote unquote fake internet life and the, the rest of their life. Well, do you think, Chris, if you just joined us, we're talking to author and scholar Chris Steadman, the author of IRL, Finding Realness, Meaning and Belonging in Our Digital Lives. Do you think that as we move forward, that 
online presence of individuals is just it's just going to be more integrated into people's lives or do you think that there is going to be still that need to compartmentalize one's being when presenting it on social media or do you find that it's just people are accepting it more as oh yeah this is just kind of part of who i am yeah i mean i think this year has definitely shown that there's kind of no going back. I don't think we're we're going back to a pre-digital age anytime soon. And I think more and more important parts of our lives, what it means to be a person, are going to happen online. But I do think that we need moments away to kind of get perspective. You know, I'm old enough that I can remember a time in my life before the internet. You know, I didn't have a smartphone until my early 20s. And so I had parts of my life where I, you know, informative times in my life when I was, you know, mostly not on the internet and I would have to, you know, logging on was more of a sort of intentional act um, rather than sort of integrated into all parts of my day. Whereas now, you know, my phone's the first thing I look at the morning and the last, in the morning and the last thing I look at at the end of the day. And it's sort of integrated into all parts of my life. Yeah, I think, Oh, go ahead. I think, you know, we, have to be sort of intentional about logging off and taking time away from the internet. I've definitely felt that this week, (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. you know, that it's when it's easy to just be super glued to your phone. Um, I think we do need, it's not, again, it's not that the internet and, and the sort of things we can experience online are not real. It's just that we also need to have other kinds of experiences. We need to have time when we're truly alone, because when you're alone, you're, forced to, you know, sort of confront the kinds of questions and things that can only arise when you're by yourself versus sort of connected to other people. Um, So I I think that, you know, we're not, we're definitely not going back. I also think that life online is going to continue to be sort of an important part of how we understand ourselves, but I think we need to make space for other kinds of experiences too. Yeah, I really appreciate how the book sort of, um, you know, you're not running away from the internet, but you're not like, it's not going to be everything either that you create or you maintain that space for sort of like running away on occasion, but then you come back and being more thoughtful about what you are sharing online, but not being afraid to share parts of yourself online that before you we were kind of had our you know, hands smacked, like, don't post that, don't post that, because you don't want people to see this side of who you are when really it's just another reflection of, I think the more we reflect who we actually are, probably maybe the better things would actually get in some way. But yeah, um, it really changed my experience of the internet, feeling like I, you know, sort of overthinking what I post less and just sharing more of what's on my mind um, has has had a, you know, huge shift for me. I remember you know, I, again, I, I used to feel like I needed to put out this sort of very serious image. Um, and then I remember a few years ago, I, I really wanted to write this piece on flops uh, or pop stars who, um, mm. you know, have an album that doesn't sell very well. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. 
made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Um, because, you know, I love uh, a flop. Yes. And um, I wanted to write a piece exploring <laughs> what we can learn from flops and why people love them. And I remember I had to really sort of convince myself that it was okay to do that. And of course, like no one else is thinking as much about your online presence and whether or not it's coherent as you are. Yeah. And as soon as I put it out there, no one, it's not like anyone was, you know, it, it didn't change the way that anyone saw me, I think. And I think that when we just allow ourselves to get a little bit freer online, a lot of those pressures fall away. It's a very, very good lesson. And you do a great job of putting that in the book. So I just want to encourage our listeners again, and I'll post this um, on our uh, or on my Twitter account, but also we'll post it on the, on the website. Again, it's Chris Stedman's um, brand new book, IRL, Finding Realness, Meaning and Belonging in Our Digital Lives. And Chris, I cannot let you go before we ask you a very important <laughs> question, because I know you're like a huge Britney fan. And here on the Colleen and Bradley show, we're like obsessed with Britney finding freedom in her own life. Do you, like we do, believe that Britney Spears needs to get out from under the thumb of her evil father, Jamie? You know, it's when you said you wanted to talk about Britney, I thought it was so weird because it's not like I ever post about Britney online or anything. So it felt <laughs> yeah. very out of my yes. field. Yeah, you were like, <laughs> why are you asking? That's really rude. No, but actually it is it is funny that you asked because um, I've actually been working on a secret project that's Britney related for a lot of this year. Ooh. Unfortunately, the details are still being finalized, so I can't I can't say what it is just yet, but if you do follow me online, I will share those details as soon as I can. But I have been thinking about Brittany a lot this year. And I do think she's an interesting example of something I explore in the book, which is this idea that we just get these sort of glimpses into other people's lives. And then we project onto all the blank spaces in between. And yeah. I do that all the time with Brittany. I'll sort of look for little clues in what she's posting and, and sort of project my own anxieties onto her. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I, I think she's a really interesting example of how, you know, we can create a whole story about someone else from these little pieces that we get on of, of them online. And so, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I do. So the answer that... is yes. You totally believe that she's being held captive <laughs> by her evil father. It's fine. <laughs> I think that I think that there is a lot that we will learn about Brittany mm -hmm. in the coming right. years. Oh, wonderful. If she decides that she wants to share. But, Chris, thank yeah. you so much. And I really do want to encourage Ooh. you guys not only to pick up the book, but follow him online. Um, you're going to get some great humor um, and you follow some great people and retweet them. So I just use you as a resource regularly. Thank you so mm -hmm. much for joining us on the show today and best of yeah, luck with the book. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. All right. When Thanks, we come, Chris. When we come back here on the Colleen and Bradley show, we've got Paul. No, not no. Paul yet. Oh, cheat day. That means we're going to try something super tasty that Holly's brought us when we come back right here on My Talk 1071. Thank you for that, Grant. And welcome back to the Colleen and Bradley show here on My Talk 1071, streaming live, doing everything entertainment at MyTalk1071.com. I'm Bradley Trainer. That's Holly Roberts. Like it. Let's get right to the fun. And by that, I mean the fun in our mouth. It's time for a cheat day. This right here. Dirty rotten cheetah. Cheat day taste test. Stick this in your mouth. 
We're sticking it. Oh, somebody's already sticking it in their mouth. But yes, I can hear that. You're eating it. What Bradley? No, I'm not even. I'm not eating it. I was stirring it. Oh, Bradley's stirring it. All right. So what we're eating today for Cheat Day Friday can be found at your local big box store. We were talking about the fact that people were decorating for the holidays already, and today. We're getting in the spirit with Sugar Cookie Toast Crunch, a play on the beloved classic cinnamon toast crunch, except allegedly it's going to taste like a sugar cookie. Cookies. I'm really excited about this for two reasons. One, who doesn't love cookies? Two, actually three. Two, who doesn't love sugar cookies? Three, who doesn't love cinnamon toast crunch? Thank you. I mean, that to me is a superior cereal option. You yes. got me two or three. I'm not a big sugar cookie. I love cookies and I love cinnamon toast crunch. So we'll, well see how this look, goes. Nobody's perfect, right? right, right. It's fine. Well, take it's a fine. huff. First, want to get the the scent bouquet. The aura. The aura. Or the aroma, Ooh. not aura. It smells good. I'm reading your aura cereal. Mm-hmm. It smells good. <laughs> it does smell cereally. It's got that corny. I'm assuming it's a corn based cereal experience. Probably. Yeah. No, it smells cereally. Mm-hmm. Can I try it? Yes, I want to try it before it gets too uh Yes, eat wet. it now. Both you guys, everyone's eating their sugar cookie toast crunch. Can hear the crunching. It's actually whole grain wheat, sugar, mm. rice, flour, canola oil, all sorts of other things. Mm. Any natural flavoring? Uh, no beaver butt secretions, probably. <laughs> Thank you. It's Although it could very well beaver be. Beaver butt goo. <laughs> Although there is natural flavor, so you never know with this. Mm. <laughs> okay. I like it. You like it? Yeah, so what, I do too. How is this different than Cinnamon Toast Crunch? Because that's really, I feel you know, like, the, the bottom line what, here. What I think is the difference, correct me if I'm wrong, Grant, and Holly, feel free to indulge yourself while I talk. I can't even see you right now, Holly, by the way, so hopefully you're uh, keeping it professional. Um, It tastes to me very much like a less cinnamony Yes. Cinnamon Toast Crunch. As if perhaps maybe they just left the cinnamon exact like, way toned down. Mind. Yes. It's good. It's good. Mm-hmm. It, I like it because I love Cinnamon Toast Crunch, but it can get... A, if you, I'm a person, if I have... I can't have just one bowl of cereal. I usually have like two or three because it's kind of addicting to me. And mm-hmm. But Cinnamon Toast Crunch, I can only... I, I just can't go that far. But with this one being without the cinnamon, I could see myself having two or three bowls of this. Do you know what it tastes like to me? What? It, I'm getting the flavor of Rice Krispie Treats. Yes. Do you have that flavor? Yes, totally get it. All right, guys, we got to rate Sugar Cookie Toast Crunch. How I give it a four, four out of five. Grant? Uh, three and a half. Three and a half. Three and a half, four out of five for me. All right. When we come back from Cinnamon Toast Crunch that tastes like sugar cookies to D-Bags, celebrities behaving badly, right here on My Talk 1071. Thanks, Holly. You know, celebrities are predictable in the things they talk about, what they do, how they try to get attention, but also their um, tendency (sighs) to be D-bags on occasion. It's true. That's why we have a segment each and every day here on the Colleen and Bradley show that categorizes and records the D-baggery of our favorite celebrities. It's time for Lord and Lady D-bag. Presenting Lord and Lady Douchebag of the Day. Holly, who is your D-bag? 
Thank you for asking, Bradley. <laughs> wow, we should go on tour. Ah, <laughs> uh, no, because then we'd find ourselves in this segment. My D bag today is Sean Diddy Combs. Oh no, what did Sean Diddy Combs do? Sean Diddy Combs, Combs. not Combs. <laughs> Combs, Sean Diddy Combs, Puff Daddy, P Diddy. Uh, he had some other nickname that he called himself, and I forget what that was. Anyways, Diddy threw himself an epic 51st birthday bash in Turks and Caicos. Now, you might think to yourself, well, okay, fine. So he threw himself a 51st birthday party in Turks and Caicos. Big deal. It's Diddy. He knows how to party. Yeah, but I mean, uh, but, uh, yeah. But Brad, Brad, here's the thing. Yeah. Did you know yeah. that we are currently experiencing uh-huh. a global pandemic yeah. Did you know, Bradley, mm-hmm. that lots of people are experiencing hardship and suffering yeah. and even death? Oh, it's true. It's true. So let me guess. So <laughs> his birthday party was probably not very socially distanced. There probably weren't very many masks. No, not a uh, single darn so- mask in this video. Now, I'm looking at some footage <sighs> from Nas's Instagram account because Nas was at this birthday party. I do not see any social distancing, any kind of masks, any kind of nothing. It's just like this party happened in 2019, and they decided to upload it to Instagram this week. Um, so do you think that, because I always wonder about stuff like this, because I, I am a little hesitant to like point fingers Mm -hmm. because i think in this moment everybody has to like make choices and some people get some people have privilege that other people don't have and they get to do things and i'm just wondering like does he talk about that at all like i know this is really weird and most people don't get to have a party like this but we did all this you know we tested everyone blah 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 uh you know i haven't gone to diddy's instagram account and there's nothing uh, on his Instagram, Instagram. In, in, well, that's <laughs> what I'm looking at. Okay, right. okay. Uh, I do not see anything that would indicate that uh, Diddy is putting himself out there in a way that's aware of current circumstances. Because Kim Kardashian did that. Yeah. When when she initially shared the photographs of her 40th birthday party oh, God, in French Polynesia. Yeah. Thank you. No, he didn't even try to do any of that. And I'm looking at the caption on Nas's Instagram account, and he just says happy birthday and uh, some things I can't say on the Internet because they're swear words. But it's just (sighs) I just I think if you're going to share stuff, you you should just be a little bit more thoughtful that um, you want to let your audience know that you're paying attention to the world around you. Right. I think that's the least you can do. Like, again, I I will go back and say of Kim Kardashian, I don't. Um, shame her for using her privilege. No. She has privilege. Yes. But I do think that it was pretty uh, tacky to put that privilege in everyone's face as she did on social media in a way that was not... not there was like a fake... Um, what's the word? self-reflection mm-hmm. in her posts that she was like, I'm aware that I am very, very lucky. But it just didn't come across that way. It came across like, look at my butt. I look fabulous. <laughs> yeah. And um, Yay me, a 
it's my 40th. I'm so excited. It's it's just, it's not maybe what I would have shared. Probably not. And to your point, Bradley, you know, I'm scrolling through Diddy's Instagram account. I don't follow him on Instagram. But by all means, Diddy is very aware of the circumstances that we find ourselves in in 2020. So it's an interesting choice that he would be very socially aware and kind of knows what's going on and has a perspective on current events that he likes to share. But then he just has this birthday party with no awareness of what is actually at least the optics uh, of an awareness of what is happening in our world. There's there's none. Not a sensitivity. Okay. All right. Do you got a D-bag, Bradley? I do. Yay. And it's uh, Mark Wahlberg's butt. Marky Mark's butt? Is he dropping trout? Yeah, literally. He's showing plumber's crack. Nice. Where can I see this? <laughs> As page six points out, nice Wahlburger buns. I put the link <laughs> on uh, the D-bag segment. Thank you. Um, it's on his Instagram. He's, sh- I think he's showing off some undies. Uh, and in the process of showing his undies, he gives uh, some. he gives a crack attack. And I'm not a look when it comes to Mark Wahlberg, no shame. I'm I'm happy to see whatever he's willing to put out there. <laughs> um, but it did seem a little thirsty and a little spawn Connie. And it's this municipal underwear brand. I'm just looking it up here. I don't know if he's if he owns this company. Well, I'm sure that he has a stake in this. Right? Yes, like he- because I've seen him out and about. Well, Mark Wahlberg, man, he is a savvy individual because. You'll see him walking in Beverly Hills, and when somebody's walking in Beverly Hills, the probability that they've called paparazzi to get them out and about shopping is pretty high, and he's always, always wearing this brand. Yeah. How old is Mark Wahlberg again? I would say he's almost 50. Mark Wahlberg. I, I have some mad respect for him because, yeah, 71. Oh, so he's actually 49. Yeah. Um, is that right? Yeah, seventy-one, forty-nine. Yeah, Math. this year, next year, he'll be fifty. Yeah, he's under the um, line. He just—he looks right. amazing. I mean, again, uh, maybe it's just because. Oh, can you imagine? You, I looked like that when I was forty-nine. I would feel like I was doing something right. Granted, he has a lot of time and a lot of resources, and that's to his work job. on his fitness. And you'll remember with Mark Wahlberg that he has a very rigid schedule. Yes, that's right. Doesn't he get up at 2.30 in the morning and start doing crunches and eating egg whites? Yeah, and everybody was giving him crap for his like super intense schedule, but I mean, clearly he it's paying off for him. Very. Well, Mark so. Wahlberg is in the business of doing Wal- Mark Wahlberg. We've got the Wahlbergers Burgers situation. That's him. He's has this municipal line of clothing i think he's an investor in a chain of gyms so yeah he has to keep up and, appearances he has to do his fitness thing. and didn't he have like a car dealership yes mark Wahlberg chevrolet is totally a thing yeah i thought so and i don't know where mark Wahlberg chevrolets are but i'm sure you could probably get a reasonably priced mid-sized mark sedan Wahlberg from mark Wahlberg chevrolet. <laughs> because that's what we all aspire to right uh it looks like columbus ohio but there's also, it says Mark Wahlberg Chevrolet Auto Group of Michigan. So they clearly have multiple. There's Worthington, Columbus. Mark Wahlberg Airstream and RV is a thing, too. God, this dude is, yeah. Yeah. He is smart. 
Um, so suddenly he went from D bag to <laughs> we're, we're envious we're giving of him props act. because he has a Chevrolet dealership of his business acumen. And I just wanted a chance to talk about him in his underwear. So oh, well, that's great, and I'm really glad that Mark Wahlberg is a giver on his Instagram and he's account. A, <laughs> a, a fan of cupping. Yes, he is because you can see on his back and his butt and his butt that he's cupping. You know, which is a th- have you ever been cupped? No, I had I did it once. And I thought it was interesting, maybe twice. No, I think I've done it twice. Uh, it to me, it's interesting. I don't know that it's really as um, what's the word I'm looking for successful as people think it's going to be. But it's you know, if you've got muscle soreness and stuff, a lot of athletes swear by it. Yeah, well, maybe Mark Wahlberg swears by yeah. it. I mean, he's he's working out a lot. He's doing Superman's on the TRX cable. That's true. That's absolutely true. All right. <sighs> when we come back from Mark Wahlberg's butt crack. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game, and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. To quenching celebrity thirst traps. Ooh. Kind of what we just did. But anyway, um, Holly's going to tell us about someone named Colin. <laughs> Oh, wait, no, I think that's a typo, Holly. Did you mean Colton? Yes. Yes. Colton Underwood? Um, yes. How did oh, you figure that out? All right. Wow. And I think she's got a little tasty tidbit on Mario Lopez, too. Well, it, I suppose it depends on your appetite, whether or not this story about Mario Lopez is tasty or not. But, Probably not. Okay. We'll find out what both those stories are about upon our return right here on My Talk 1071. Well, what do Mario Lopez and uh, Colton Underwood have in common? We're about to find out here on the Colleen and Bradley Show on My Talk 1071. Streaming live and doing everything Friday, bitches, right here at MyTalk1071.com or on the radio or the app. Wherever you listen, you should be listening. By the way, thanks to all of the MyTalkers who donated for Project Down and Dirty Classic Radio Drama. If you missed that experience, it's all online for you. David from First Equity graciously donated a big fat contribution so that everyone could appreciate our YouTube version of the classic radio drama. It was a fun, just crazy experience that we did last week recreating War of the Worlds. The audio version, though, is available wherever you download your MyTalk audio from, whatever app um, you use or our app. Just head to mytalk1071.com for more details. Now, Holly, what do Colton Underwood and Mario Lopez have in common? Oh, 
They're so thirsty, Bradley. They are beyond. And they want us to pay attention to them. And, you know, can you spare 10 minutes? Can you spare 10 minutes? To quench a celebrity's thirst? Only for minutes a day, you too can help save the the attention spans of such celebrities as Colton Underwood, who today isn't eating cookies, or he might be. I hope he is, because cookies are delicious. <laughs> but Colton Underwood, former Bachelor star, has just wiped his Instagram feed. Oh, no, like completely? Yes, completely. Why? Well, because he wants attention, Bradley. That's oh, what's God. Uh, that's, I forget yeah. celebrities do this occasionally, where they're yes. like, I have to go away for five minutes so that you'll give me more attention when I come back. Exactly. So... Colton Underwood has found himself in the headlines this week because his ex, also former Bachelor star Cassie Randolph, uh, decided to cancel the restraining order against him. There are a lot of things that Colton Underwood allegedly did that were not nice, so Cassie Randolph got a restraining order against him. But then, according to Colton, he told TMZ that the two of them reached an agreement with each, with each other. Excuse me, And so now, he's got your attention. And he's keeping your attention... By wiping all of his Instagram posts. Which is interesting because maybe it was just yesterday that you gave us a blind item about what the whole um, agreement was between Colton and Cassie. Oh, yeah. Should we roll that beautiful bean footage? Oh, hold on. Give me five seconds because I'm just a little slow here. Should we do that thing with the thing? Yeah. Blinded by the item. So this is a blind item from NT Lawyer yesterday. As I told you a couple months ago, the whole restraining order thing between two also has been celebrities was all for their reality show. And we decided that that was Colton Underwood and Cassie Randolph. And yeah, NT Lawyer had been talking about that a couple of months ago, but it was one of those blind items that ultimately with these kind of scenarios, if you're you want to give people the benefit of the doubt that that these are actual things that are happening in their lives. But what NT Lawyer is saying that, ha, (laughs) sucker, don't believe that. This is all hype for a reality show that's happening. And now that Colton Underwood has deleted, well, he hasn't deleted his Instagram account, but he's wiped wiped it it. clean. No posts yet. So it keeps people talking. Yeah, it keeps people talking. And if indeed they are trying to get a reality uh, show gig, this perhaps is just one more, you know, stunt towards that effort. Yeah, and... A lot of things around Colton Underwood are very stunt-like for attention. And again, such as, such as mm-hmm. according to NT Lawyer, mm-hmm. Colton Underwood coming out earlier this year saying that he had a positive COVID-19 diagnosis. Coming out with that diagnosis also aligned with a book that Colton Underwood wrote and that he was trying to sell. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> so... This guy, Colton, is so darn thirsty for attention, but doing it in a way that it, that is actually really irritating because allegedly, supposedly, if we're to believe NT lawyers' line of reasoning, they're taking things that are very serious. A COVID-19 diagnosis, yeah. positive test, yes. a, a restraining order through the courts, things that by all means, you're not going to want to question if somebody comes out and, and says these things because you're going to give them the benefit of the doubt. And then you're going to say, oh, poor Colton Underwood. Geez, that really stinks. Hope you get better. Wishing you, know, you all the best. It's so it's so bizarre because 
at the time I remember thinking like, wow, that's, you know, that's, that's really an allegation that you're really saying somebody's a D bag. If, if they, if you're alleging that they lied about their COVID diagnosis, because at that time it was just that much more, it would have been that much more disgusting. I think if somebody were to do that now, it just, I, I, I feel like people would be less inclined to, to do that because it wouldn't have the same impact, right? Like, I know this sounds really weird, the conversation that we're having, like people using COVID for attention, but that's the world we live in, kids. And I'm just yep. saying, I think the trajectory, sadly, of that story would not raise as many eyebrows or get as many people like, oh, no, sadly, um, just because of the world that we live in, as it did when we were first alerted to, you know, the uh, outbreak. Right. And if we're going to take the conspiratorial long view about the behavior of Colton Underwood, then you're going to be like, oh, OK, yeah, well, that's interesting that you came out with your positive covid diagnosis right when you were selling a book. And then with the wiping of your Instagram account, you decided to do it the day after it was announced that Cassie Randolph dropped the restraining order against you. Like oh, you didn't, oh well, you didn't decide to do that when the restraining order was filed. You didn't decide to do that in the summer. You didn't decide that this speaks that all of this has a very strategic undertone to it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it just and and also like a strategic undertone for somebody like strategery. Yeah. Undertone, <laughs> meaning like anybody who's paying attention is like, yeah, that smells like somebody trying to get attention. And I'm not saying that the rest of the world is naive. I just think like I just know because we eat, breathe and sleep tabloid headlines. Right. Right. In a way that maybe our friends and family don't. And oftentimes I will hear celebrities say things, not maybe connecting the dots, like, oh, did you see that story about Colton Underwood? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and did you think about the fact? And they look at me like, wow, are you wearing tinfoil right now on your head? And I'm like, trust me, I know what I'm talking about, even if I don't. <laughs> what I'm saying is it sounds like, you know, genius to somebody who's not paying attention yeah. In terms of like a strategy to get attention. Right. But from where we're standing, it just seems a little pathetic. Yeah. Right. Like, or I should say, in the words of the Colleen and Bradley show, quote, it's, it's so, so obvious. obvious. Are you ready to pay attention? I want to know what's going on song? with Mario, because I have had in my life a love hate with Mario Lopez. Why Ooh. is that? Oh, I'm curious. No, Grant, I'm so glad that you are interested to know because yeah. so very few people <laughs> in my life are curious about these things. Um, because I just, well, first of all, he's not a hard man to look at. Um, but then we've started to read things about him, about his personal life that, uh, if true, yep. make him seem kind of d Yes. Right, by Holly? kind of? You very. mean very. <laughs> See, he's nice to look at, but hard to listen to. Is that kind of yeah. what we're getting yeah. at? Ding, well, ding, he, ding. But, he, you know, men have done, heterosexual men have done that to women for years, right? Like... They're just looking at the outsides. They're not caring about the insides. So I think it's okay for gay men and women to do that to men occasionally. Right? Right. Sorry, Grant. No, we're good. (laughs) So Mario Lopez opened his mouth. And uh, he had a story coming out of it. So Mario Lopez, he's doing a lot of press for the Save by the Bell reboot that's coming out on Peacock, the NBC streaming service. And we're learning about Mario Lopez in a way that we never have before. 
concerning some of Mario Lopez's behavior when he was a teen, quite possibly when he was a star on Saved by the Bell Mm -hmm. back in the day. Mario Lopez is telling us a story about the wildest place he's ever had sex. Oh, God. Okay, let me guess. Where is the wild place, the wildest place Mario Lopez ever had sex? Wild. <sighs> wild. Well, oh, does that mean like the zoo? No. Oh. <laughs> Thought maybe that was a hint. Not in the forest. Grant, do you want to take a stab? Ah. <laughs> uh, I don't. I mean, the wildest place Mario Lopez has ever had sex. Appear on the ocean. Well, Grant, you're closer than than Bradley. Bradley, want to give it one more guess? Um, uh, the ocean is closer, so on, um, a beach. You're also kind of close. Mario Lopez, the wildest place he ever had sex, was on Disneyland's Pirates of the Caribbean ride. Oh. (laughs) Yo-ho. Like, on the ride, like, with other people? He didn't go into detail, Bradley, but... I don't know, and I don't know what kind of relations he had. If it was a home run experience, or perhaps it was just getting to a base oh, like or some two. Heavy petting. Heavy. Yo, Can yeah. you imagine like trying to focus on something like that while that's going on? I mean, yeah. Well, no. he said Mario Lopez said of this experience. You know, when you're a teenager, you try to do it wherever you can. And apparently, that is true. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. And apparently, for him, it was it was getting horny on Pirates of the Caribbean. Well, that actually that seems like I don't want to say that sounds cute because that's just a weird thing to say, but <laughs> but it just seems adorable, adorably normal teenage behavior-y kind of like yeah. for for Mario Lopez. It's not as you know. It, I feel like it could have been a lot worse, is what I'm saying. <laughs> right. Right. Because, I mean, who wasn't a horny teenager yeah. doing some light petting in places where you would be mortified to do that Sometimes as an adult. with people, sometimes not with... Uh, well, okay, that's weird. You know what I meant. What I meant is, never mind. <laughs> I'm just right. saying teenagers are horny. Yes. So, you know, from experience, okay, Mario Lopez... You had some kind of encounter on Pirates of the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. Th- all right. Thank you for sharing that story. But you're thirsty. Yeah, he's and we, thirsty. And we gave you enough attention for today, so we say good day to you, Mario. That's true. Good day to you, Mario Lopez. But we'll probably uh, crap talk you at some point in the future. Now, when we come back, um, we have to go back to Dominic West. We have a story uh, about that cheater McCheater pants. And a lot more right here on My Talk 1071.